Hi everyone, welcome to Sports and Shorts of Sorts, episode 23. Let's hop right into our episode number, jersey number, connections. Okay, when you think number 23, well, only one person should come to mind. Michael Jordan. Crisp number 23 with the Chicago Bulls has inspired so many athletes around the world to wear number 23. MJ is a lot of times associated with the best, so why wouldn't you want that number? His airness has won over has won six NBA titles, finals MVP for each one, like five-time MVP of the league, three-time MVP of the All-Star game. He won the scoring title ten times. You go along with nine times on the NF NBA All Defensive Team, which is crazy. He also won Defensive Player of the Year in 1988 and Rookie of the Year in '85. Like. He did it on both sides of the floor, unlike people you don't see a lot of times. Like, Kobe Bryant played a lot like him, obviously, and he matched his game. But no other can really live up to MJ. Like, they had that killer instinct and that competitiveness that is just unmatched. Like, when they released The the Last Dance, oh, I remember when it came out. I was pumped. I waited and watched it every morning when the episodes came out. Like, he... I don't know, he just brings that. The SNL spoof, SNL spoof that's like makes fun of the whole coin off the wall thing is amazing. It's thousand dollars. It's Keegan Michael Key does a phenomenal job as MJ. Like hero to many as a child. And what he did was just magic on the court. Like Tim Duncan is still my favorite player of all time, but like watching MJ and what he did, like it's hard to say he wasn't the best to play. What he did on the Dream Team in Barcelona with other legends helped make what the NBA is today. Like, I know Magic Johnson and Bird kind of saved the league in the 80s when, you know, they were on still on tape delay and shit. But MJ kind of took it to the next level. Global icon. Like, everyone knows the Jumpman logo. His shoes are... You know, they're some of the best in the game. People have killed each other over Jordans. It's like, what are we doing? But, you know, from his time at North Carolina to winning in the NBA with the Bulls to defeating the Monstars and Space Jam, like, he's done it all. He's recently sold his stakes in the Hornets. He's keeping a minority stake, but still massive profits. And he's got his 2311 racing team in NASCAR, so... He, he's still keeping busy, trying to still stay at the top, but MJ, MJ, sometimes I dream that he's me. You remember the Gatorade commercials, like Mike, if I could be like Mike. <laughs> but uh, yeah, another 23, obviously, that deserves mentioning. He's only the NBA's leading scorer, but LeBron James, right? He's been putting this up at a high level, like it's like something we've never seen. It's like the Chappelle show skit with Rick James, you know, he's got this aura, but, uh, yeah, some have MJ with the, his aura as their goats. Other have LeBron James. Like he had the biggest expectations coming into the league. I mean, when Binyama's got a lot, but remember, take the time machine back to two th early 2000, seeing high schooler on this slam magazine and i was in high school like a little later than when he was drafted but it was around the same time and it's like holy crap like he's been in the nba that whole time it's 
It's mind-boggling. Four NBA championships, four finals MVPs, four regular season MVPs, you know, 19 times all-stars. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Everyone considers him the pass-first guy, but like I said, he leads the league in scoring, like, ever. He's got the most points, so a lot of people don't like his antics, how he kind of seems to be a GM at times, but he's a constant pro. He's not going to get any hate from me, like... You know, the, oh, he doesn't get in trouble with the law, nothing. Like, when you look up to a person or a basketball player, like, you should probably look at him. Don't, like, I don't know. We're all witnessed greatness. I remember that was a saying, you're witnessing greatness. And, like, straight up, we can say we lived during the LeBron James era. I saw MJ and LeBron play. So, pretty lucky. <laughs> But uh, sticking with the NBA, you know, Draymond Green re-signed with the Warriors. He rocks 23, you know, second-round pick. He was never the guy, but he's a pretty good glue player that I don't know if they've got all those rings without him. And he won Defensive Player of the Year in 2017. He's been on four NBA All-Defensive teams, four-time All-Star. We know we punched Jordan Poole last year, and... That's why pools in Washington, things would never really work after those storm clouds formed. Something had to happen to get, get something to fix that situation. But another 23 on the court, Calvin Murphy, one of the smallest hoopers we've highlighted in the jersey aspect here. Like, standing at 5'9", Calvin Murphy is the shortest NBA player inducted into the Hall of Fame. And he was the shortest to play in an NBA All-Star game until Isaiah Thomas tied him in 2016, so... That's pretty cool. But for, going from the court to the rink, number 23, Dustin Brown, right? Two-time Stanley Cup winner with the Los Angeles Kings. His numbers retired there. Pretty baller player. But one that I also thought from, like, my childhood, Milan Hayduke. Remember with the Colorado Avalanche? You know, he won the Rocket Richard back in 0203 for most goals. And, yeah, he played his whole career with the Avalanche. His number 23 is retired there. And uh, my last hockey mention, probably the best of the bunch, Bob Gainey from the Montreal Canadiens, five-time Stanley Cup winner, and he won with a, as a GM with the Stars. So four-time All-Star, four Selk trophies along the way. One of the greatest, and of course his number is retired in Montreal. But shifting the diamond real quick, there were a few good 23s I thought I'd mention. First one, Don Mattingly, six-time All-Star, AL MVP in 85. Nine gold gloves, so he's pretty good defensively. His number's retired by the Yankees, which is pretty something with their storied franchise. And, like, he's been a pretty good manager in the MLB, too, you know, leading the Dodgers to the NLCS and LDS. Not getting a World Series, but he is on the, on the Blue Jays staff, and... Uh, I still remember him from the softball episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns is like, shave those sideburns. and Good good times, season three. It's a very long time ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, sticking with another baseball legend, especially in Chicago, Ryan Sandberg, or Rhino as they called him. His number is retired by that historic franchise. You know, 10-time All-Star, 9-time Gold Glove winner, 7-time Silver Slug, NL MVP in 84. Like, I had heard of him, but I didn't realize how good his numbers were. And baseball's big number-oriented sports, so those things count. It was really cool looking up his numbers there. But uh, I guess you can mention Zach Greinke. He's a pretty good player that rocks the jersey in Kansas City. Fernando Tatis of the Padres, you know, kind of an opposite of Greinke. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 
he should be putting up big numbers. The Padres have been a disappointment this year, but yeah, Tatis is a pretty good player. When he's rolling, he, he's doing pretty good. I know there was that PED suspension, so that's going to have a lot of people saying, oh, how good is he? But it sounded like there was kind of a mix-up. I don't know. You, It's hard to predict or read what these people are actually doing, but... Uh, I don't know. Finishing up the segment, we'll go to the gridiron. Defensive ball hog Trey Vincent. He wrote 23 his whole career, mostly with the uh, Eagles, you know. Something else, but uh, the last 23 in football, Devin Hester, one of the greatest return men in NFL history. Like He's got some records to prove it. Just a few I'll mention. Combined special teams return touchdowns, 20. Most kickoff and punt return touchdowns, 19. And most punt returns, 14. Most punt returns in a season four. And he's got the fastest touchdown in Super Bowl history at 14 seconds. Like, really something else. I know they're trying to get rid of the kickoff return in the NFL because it is one of the most dangerous plays in the game. You have collisions at full speed. But I'm hoping they can still keep away where you can have a return, my guy, because it is pretty exciting. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But that's, uh, that's the jerseys. Let's jump into the sports of the week. Women's World Cup is getting near the nitty-gritty. From the last podcast, we had a few games wrap up, and Colombia beat Jamaica, France beat Morocco, and that set our quarterfinals. And there was some feisty matchups. The Dutch players were talking shit, saying, you know, the U.S. shouldn't talk all this game until they're in the final, ha-ha, only to have them lose to Spain. The U.S. is already clapping back, which is fair, but uh, Spain surprised them with that 2-1 victory, and... uh, 111th minute, the 19-year-old Para... I can always mess her name up. I tried to practice it, but Para Lugo, I already messed it up. Is the latest winning goal in World Cup history. 111th minute by a 19-year-old to send your team on. Like, wow. And, like, another quarterfinal that could have been a final was Sweden and Japan. Sweden went ahead 2-0 in Japan, like, suddenly woke up and put the pressure on, got a goal late to make it interesting. You're like, what is going to happen? But Sweden held on. And then, like, co-host Australia went to penalties with France, who, with the U.S., I thought, hey, maybe we could win this thing. And went to penalties. You had a huge Australian crowd there, and it must have helped. They upset France, and they advanced to the semis. And then the final quarterfinal of the group was between England and Colombia, and the Colombians put some worry in England going ahead one nothing. But England did equalize before half and took the lead in the second to take the 2-1 victory. So that what where that leaves us is early Tuesday morning our time. Like, I'm talking 1, 2 o'clock probably. You got Spain and Sweden fighting off. And then the following day, you have Australia and England. That should be pretty good. You have England, and we all know the history where they sent their convicts to Australia, right? That's how it all started. So we should... See what happens with those games. And uh, Lauren James will still be missing that match because she'll be getting her second game of the suspension. But if England do advance, she will return. She was suspended for that red card she got for stomping on the Nigerian player. Not a good look. (laughs) And a few signings in the sports, in the footy world. West Ham, my team, I have to mention them. Everyone's like, who gives a shit about West Ham? But I will always talk West Ham. We got James Ward-Prowse from Southampton. That's a huge sign-up, one of the best free t- kick-takers in England, and probably all of Europe, really. 
And we got Harry Maguire. I don't know how that's going to be from Man U. He's been up and down. But he's down right now, so hopefully we he's going to trend up when he comes our way. And our biggest signing, I think, of the year, coming from Ajax, Mexican midfielder Edson Alvarez. He's joining us, you know, helping us fill that hole. Declan Rice leaving. But obviously the biggest signing, and then why I'm wearing this Bayern Munich jersey, is because Harry Kane, the English talisman, who is lighting it up and had Alan Shearer's goal record for most goals in the Premier League within view. And he's leaving. He's going, going to the Bundesliga to play with Bayern Munich. Massive amount given to Tottenham. It was up to him if he wanted to go or not. And he said, yeah. He said it wasn't about money. It's about silverware. He wants trophies, and it's hot. No, he just wasn't getting them. Like, they're not even in Champions League, Europe. They're not in Europe, so no chance of that. And it's just wild because he's the first English captain to go abroad since David Beckham did it back in 2003 when he left Manchester United to go to Real Madrid. So this is a pretty pretty big shocking move, and there was always talks he might, but people assumed he'd finish this year out, maybe go to Man City, but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully he still gets a trophy, doesn't jinx them, and Bayern Munich doesn't get anything, but that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> and then a huge sighting, Neymar, just like Messi, he's getting out of PSG. He's leaving the French capital. We all know famously Messi came to MLS to play for Inter-Miami, Neymar is taking the other route. He's going to the Middle East to play with Al-Hilal in the Saudi Arabian League. So this Saudi side has agreed to pay almost 90 million pounds to PSG for Neymar. And he will earn almost 130 million pounds for a year. Just one year. It's a two-year deal with the option for a third. Oh, geez, there's a bug on my face. Oh, my goodness. I guess the new camera picked that up pretty good. I got him, though. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there's a two-year deal with an option for a third, but wow, that's a huge signing. He's 31 years old. He's not washed up. People are like, oh, only washed up players. They have a lot of good players in this league right now. I saw DAZN is covering it now. I don't, that Saudi money and DAZN money seem to go hand in hand, but yeah, big news for the Saudi league. But Speaking of, it's back. English Premier League, it is back. It returned this weekend, and it started off with a bang. Man City throttled the championship winners, Burnley, who were newly promoted. They lost 3-0 to Man City. And Arsenal, you know, they looked better all game against Forest, but they only squeaked out a 2-1 victory. Forest scored late to kind of make things interesting. Crystal Palace beat newly promoted Sheffield United 1-0. A lot of talk about Luton Town, first ever Premier League game. There, big excitement. Brighton burst that bubble, four-one smashing. Fulham went in Everton and snatched a second-half goal to get a one-nil victory. And Newcastle looks really good. I know they have tons of money coming in, so they can get all these new players. But they looked amazing. They pummeled Aston Villa six or five-one. Oof. New signing, Tonali from uh, AC Milan. He looked great. The defender scored like six minutes into the game. He looks like he's going to fit in fine in the Premier League. And then in the, a wild matchup between Chelsea and Liverpool, a bunch of goals getting disallowed. That one only ended up 1-1. Brentford and Tottenham had a thrilling 2-2 draw. Tottenham showed they could score without Kane. I know it was one game, and they didn't get the win, but we'll see where that goes forward. And damn, West Ham drew with Bournemouth. That was very frustrating. Classic West Ham. We took the lead. 
We'll sit back on it. And then Varnmouth equalized. So, Manu and Wolverhampton play Monday, August 14th. So, that'll be the last EPL game of the week. But, so happy it's back. The return of footy. <laughs> and in Spain, the league returned as well. English superstar Jude Bellingham. He, he left Dortmund in the German league to go play with Real Madrid. And they took down Athletic Club 2-0. Last year's champs, Barcelona, did not look very well. They drew with Getafe 0-0, and uh, the French League returned as well, and PSG had a scoreless draw with Lorient. So, yeah, kind of a few shockers in the footy world there, but Bundesliga and Serie A start up next weekend. Footy is back in full swing. Speaking of full swing, let's go to baseball. And uh, the biggest news, obviously, everyone was talking about it, was... Uh, Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown, you know, he hadn't been on TV for a long time. And everybody was wondering why. Why would Baltimore suspend him? And basically, Brown was just doing his job. He was talking about the struggles the Orioles have had in Tampa Bay and how this season they've won more games than they had in the last few years. And there were graphics and everything behind it. But apparently these comments had angered the Angelos family who owned the Orioles and it made them th gave them the impression that they were implying that the owners were cheap and uh it's kind of fr a little frustrating for an Orioles fan like they're doing amazing leading the AL East talking about doing what they got to do they're young guys and now you're just flexing the censorship on them it's Brown returned to the booth Friday, and like he, his statement, he said, first statement since that's all happened, it almost sounded like he had a gun in his back, talking about how great the Orioles are, his relationship. So I don't know if he just simply bent the knee, or if there was some money sent his way, but I don't know. It seems like they want to keep him. He's a great young voice, and they don't want him to have a similar situation like the John Miller situation where... He was the voice of the Orioles until the ownership was displeased with his candid commentary. And they said, you know what, we're not going to renew your contract. So uh, we were looking for someone to bleed more orange and black, which that's kind of wild. Miller just went back to San Francisco. He's been there since. He's been a great voice for the Giants organization. So I think the Orioles are trying to avoid that. But, wow, talk about a sticky situation. <laughs> and... Uh, there was baseball being played, though. The Blue Jays, earlier in the week, they uh, took on the Guardians in a four-game series, and uh, it looked good. Jays took the first one 3-1. They lost Ryu to injury. Ryu, sorry. Not Ryu, this has been Street Fighter, but Ryu. Yeah, he took a line drive right off the knee. He made the play to first get the out, but he fell. He was visibly hurt. did not look good, so hopefully he's not out long-term. Like, this guy just got back from big injuries, but... Yeah, the second game didn't go so well. The Guardians skunked Jays 1-0. Ramon Lariano getting an RBI double in his debut. That was the only scoring. Third game, just a little switcherooski. 1-0 for the Jays when they won 1-0 victory. With George Springer getting a solo bomb in the first inning. And that was it. The, the finale of that series was a... Scoring explosion of four to three, <laughs> but uh, this time for Cleveland. So it's a bummer. Toronto was hoping to do better than just split the series, but I mean, it's better than a sweep or a loss. But <clears throat> excuse me. And just before the Jays were about to take the Chicago Cubs on in their series, it was announced that Alec Manoa going back to reassignment. This time, the Triple A Buffalo Bisons. 
So hopefully this can help resurrect his very disappointing year. <laughs> the Jays are bringing up Hagen Danner to take his spot, and uh, that kind of kills the Jays' six-man rotation they were doing for a bit. And yeah, as I said, the Jays were taking on the Cubs, and they kind of got to Jose Barrios early. It wasn't very good for the Jays, and the Cubs just never looked back. Javier Assad pitched a jam as well. The Cubs won 6-2. And the second game went down Saturday. This one was a little closer. Jays would start with the lead. Cubs would take it back. Jays battled back. It was all tie going in the ninth. And the Cubs would get the winner in the top of the inning. And that's how it would end. So Cubbies took the first two. And then Sunday, luckily, Jays' bats would wake up. And there was much needed. They had to avoid the sweep. And they did. Cubs went ahead first. And like I said, Jays' bats woke up. Took them to 11-4. You know, it's not ideal to drop two out of three, but the Cubs were, you know, they're coming in kind of hot. So, I mean, it's better than a sweep, but the Jays keep the National League fun going as they host the Phillies before they head to Cincinnati to take on the Reds. So, pretty big beams for them. But uh, earlier in the week with MLB other Jay news, a uh, funny moment with J-Rod in the Mariners game when uh, Tatis, who I was talking about earlier, smashed it looked like it was a home run rodriguez jumped up and he was walking like it looked like he didn't catch it tatis is doing his dance and then rodriguez just flashes the glove and the grin caught it bitches yeah, so it was a pretty sweet robbery you gotta love when people show that and you know it's not an unwritten rule where you have to throw a ball at his head next it's good to see that fun shit in baseball it's helped me watch this year with the pitch clock that's the most baseball i've watched in a year since Damn, I could remember. I imagine the podcast helps with that too. Not that I need an excuse to watch more sports, but here we are. And there was also Michael Lorenzen with the Phillies on Wednesday. Like, what a home debut for him. Rocking some sick vans and 124 pitches. He got a no-hitter against the Nationals. Fourth of the MLB season and the first Philly pitcher to do so since Cole Hamels back in 2015. And during the same game, Wes Wilson hit a home run at his first at bat. This guy's been in the minors the past seven years and was able to smash a home run in front of his dad. His first MLB bat. Just really cool moments. You love seeing shit like that. But uh, I'll kind of wrap it up the MLB with some standings talk. And uh, as before mentioned, Orioles, even with all the Kevin Brown bullshit going on, they're leading the AL East. They have a three-game advantage over the Rays. The Jays are eight games back, so I don't know if that division's going to be within sight. But, yeah, you have the Red Sox just above the Yankees or at the bottom. And, then yeah, all these teams above 500. And then you jump to the AL Central where the Minnesota Twins lead, and they're the only team above 500. Like, god damn. <laughs> the AL West, you have the Rangers who are still looking great, but they only have a two-and-a-half game advantage over the Astros. And the wild cards in the AL are held by the Rays, Astros, and Blue Jays. However, those Jays are only a game and a half ahead of the Mariners. And they've excuse me, they've been up and down, but the talent's there. They could make a run. And the Red Sox are only three games out. They've been disappointing, but they have talent there. And in the National League, the Atlanta Braves are still sitting atop, doing their thing, way ahead in the NL East. The NL Central, a little closer. you got the Brewers who are leading, but only three and a half games ahead of the Cubs and the Reds. So that could still go either way. you got a three-horse race. You think, like, the Reds have really fallen in the second half of this season, but we'll see. NL West, the Dodgers, oof, they've taken off with that. So in the wild card, you got the Phillies, Giants, and Marlins. 
all holding on to those spots. But that could change in a moment because the Cubs and Reds are only a half game back. Diamondbacks are only two and a half games back. So that's why this Phillies J series coming up is big for both teams. The Phillies need to try to hold grip of that wild card, and the Jays need to keep those teams below them from trying to steal it as well. So very big baseball games coming up. But uh, we'll go to the hardwood talk, the Hall of Fame, and some good ones, some really good ones going in. And I've been catching up, like, there was some good stuff going on there. And Dwayne Wade brought his dad on stage for a real special moment. Dirk Nowitzki, he thanked Don Nelson for taking a risk on him. And not a lot of guys were going with, you know, big shooting threes and stuff like that. But, yeah, Tony Parker became the first Frenchman to make the Hall of Fame. Some funny moments with the Spurs mentioning how Duncan never talked to him his rookie year and stuff like that. You know, Spurs coach Greg Popovich preaching humility and like he's still coaching. So the fact he's in there now really shows something. We knew he'd be in there at some point, but congrats to him. And sticking with the Spurs family, former assistant coach Becky Hammond, she thanked Popovich for going out of the line and hiring her to be a coach, not based on who she is, but what she is, you know. And uh, she was a stud in the WNBA as well, so she wasn't just a coach. And a lot of tears in the room as Pau Gasol, you know, honored Kobe and Gigi Bryant. He's obviously great for great friends with that family, so a great induction class. Congrats to all of them. You know, they never usually seek out to make the Hall of Fame, but when you do, it's always icing on the cake. But... Uh, yeah, the WNBA, there was nothing really changed in their landscape. There were some good games, but uh, three-headed beasts kind of leading that league. You got the Las Vegas Aces with only their three losses. The New York Liberty and Connecticut Sun, those are the only three teams without double-digit losses this season. So still some position jostling going on, but lots of good excitement in the dub. But with uh, the short this week, I didn't have to go deep in the vault. It's been like a really kind of fucky week if you would so i was like boom got the content right here right life imitates art right so uh yeah we'll start with a call to the police that's the sound of the police not something i usually do but uh coming home from work super sketchy vehicle in front of the house like again in previous podcasts it kind of comes with the neighborhood but this one was a, a little sketchier than others, so kind of keeping eyes on it, you know, changing after work, and this greasy-looking dude gets out of the car. There were two people, a chick in the, in the driver's seat, and Grease Monster in the second. He gets out of the car, starts walking alongside the house, so I'm watching through the other windows. He comes up to this Porsche and just starts spray-painting the Porsche, straight up spray-painting the side of the Porsche. And I'm like, what? Start taking pictures with the phone. I look in the backyard. Wife's taking pictures. We're like, okay, we're getting this. He goes back to the car. And this jabroni just sits in there. And they're just chilling. And I'm like, what? I'm like, fuck it. I've had the car hole tagged before. It sucks. So I'm like, I'm calling the cops. Call 911. I'm talking to dispatch. Giving information. And as I'm talking to her... Guy gets out of the vehicle again. He starts soldering to the Porsche with, like, the spray paint can behind his back. And this time he's taking the rear end of the vehicle of this Porsche. He's just taking it. And I'm on the phone with dispatch. I'm like, oh, he's doing it. He's doing it. And just, like, describing it. And, like, 
watching the whole thing. And so he gets back to the car and I think they see me on my phone looking at them and she's like, ah, and does like a 30 point turn, like Austin Powers trying to back up in that corridor and she takes off. So in that time, I'm able to read the license plate to dispatch. They're <laughs> saying, okay, getting all this. And they're like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, they're still trying to turn around. I got lots of time to read this six numbered plate. And, uh, yeah, they said a cop may swing by, get a call from a cop, he comes by. I don't want to be seen talking to a cop in our neighborhood. Never a good thing. So uh, kind of get him over the side gate, talk to him. He gives me, like, a witness sheet. His card says, if you can send those pictures, please do. Sign the what you saw and send it into the, or bring it into the station and whatnot. So... It's pretty wild. He's like, do you mind if we let the owner talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. So then I'm sure as shit, a few days later, doorbell rings. It's like an older fella at the door. I'm like, who is this guy? Answer it. Start talking. He's like, are you the guy that called the police? I was like, I did. And he's like, well, thank you for that. Because, uh, yeah, this this woman has been trying to get back at my friend. They broke up three years ago. And she's, like, obsessed with him. And I'm like, what? And she's like, he's saying she, yeah, she's been trying to get back at him, and, like, she paid this dude to go spray paint this guy's car because she knows he comes here for dinner once a week. And I don't know what kind of soap opera shit's going down. Maybe this guy was banging this chick on the side. Because I'm like, why is your buddy's ex spray painting your car? I don't know. Lovers quarrel. Shit got real. Cars got painted. Cops got called. Another day in Saskatoon, but, uh, yeah, that was something else. And then the other part of the week, this one was a much more disgraceful. I was like, do I even want to put this on the air? This is not my happiest moment. But, yeah, I was grabbing some pickup in a rougher neighborhood, which seems to be all of Saskatoon of late. But, anywho, get out of the vehicle. Immediately a guy approaches, like, in a motorized scooter. He's like, hey, sir, sir. And I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I don't have cash, which I don't. I don't carry cash. So I just was like, no, I'm good. Oh, there's that other fly. Sorry. But uh, got him. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, I go back. To, uh, this guy's like, do you have, or he, wow, that fly really flustered me there. But yeah, sorry. I get out of the car and uh, he's like, sir. And I'm like, sorry, don't have any cash. You know, he's on a motorized scooter. I kind of just start speed walking away and I head into the store, right? I'm standing there. The guy is paying in front of me. Now, sudden he leaves and he's holding the door. He's holding the door a long time. I'm like, oh no. And all of a sudden I look and like the scooter's coming in. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. So I don't think he was yelling at me for change. He was yelling at me to come in the store. So I don't know. He's in there. I feel him looking at me. I'm just looking down. I'm staring at the ground like a zombie, not making any eye contact, but, uh, yeah, I felt like a real piece of shit, so uh, don't just assume. Listen to someone before you fucking just do whatever. I stubbed my toe really hard later in the week, so karma is real. <laughs> but uh, maybe next time just listen rather than be a dumbass. But yeah, that's, uh, that was my shorts. This weekend was great, you know. I was out at the lake, wasn't watching a lot of sports. I had no service. It was totally... Totally nice to relax there. And then, you know, wrapped up the weekend with volleyball at Sports on Tap. Beautiful evening. You had the, the exhibition in the background. Really awesome. But, 
yeah. And then I finished it off by catching up on highlights to be able to deliver the podcast. So winning. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Number 23 in the books. Awesome. Thanks again for coming along, guys. Appreciate it. Red City out.